Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome to the new garage. And you. Is there an umlaut in new metal? There is. And you umlaut. Garage. My name is Dan Hansis. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. And I am joined, as I always am, and always will be, my bosom buddy, Bobby Castro. Hey, Bob. Oh, man, it's so good to hear Chris Catan again. Oh, yeah. It's a little less good, but still really good to see you again. Yeah. And be in the NU garage. I mean, I hope this garage, if this garage could be as successful as New Metal, then you've done it. Right. I mean, let's, let's be fair. New Metal, everyone laughs at it now. Mm-hmm. But if you are of a certain age, and again, this podcast, it's been a while. Um, if you were born in exactly the year 1980, January 1st to December 31st, right. well, let's narrow it down further. January 1st to May 1st, this is the podcast for you, 1980. Oh, you're not even giving the back half of the year? <laughs> you really, really just whittling it down to like 14 people. It's essentially by the time we get finished with this podcast, whenever that comes, it will be a show just for you and I. And then it will just be... January 6th, 1980? That's your birthday? Close enough. 7th? That 6th is my mom's birthday. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Stop and, Stop thinking about my mom. And um, April 23rd, my birthday. But uh, anyway, so it's been a while, Bob. It's been a long it's time. A but, but my point, new yes, metal. Yes, yes, what yes. a run. What a run they had <laughs> from about 90. Let's, let's give them 98 and let's take it straight through, I don't know, 2002? That was some dominant-ass shit. It was. So this garage has a lot to live up to if it wants to be the kid rock of garages. Oh, that's a rough one. That's a rough one. But uh, yes, we, uh, we've we been away. A lot of things conspired uh, for our to create our hiatus. Yeah, we've never done an unplanned hiatus like that before. It was. It, it was a bunch of events. There was um, the unfortunate passing of Chris Wessling, which mm-hmm. led to us shutting down for... A few weeks, uh, and then there was a, a move in the mix, and then Bob Castrone picked up and headed off to Georgia uh, for a month and a half. Yeah, I was there for about to work six. On that, the Lego Masters program. Six and a half weeks in Smyrna, Georgia, shooting in Hiram. Hiram, Georgia. Hiram. Hiram. That sounds uh, like Laheim. Is, that, is not, there a large Jewish population in this area? A large uh, Jewish population in Hiram would be me being in Hiram. <laughs> that would be, I quadrupled the number of Jews as a half Jew to ever set foot in Hiram. <laughs> like by being a half Jew, you were like by far the most Jewish person ever. Uh, there's not even like a, is there a quarter they Jewish were, person there? They were burning half crosses in front of the studio, but it was just a stick. <laughs> half a cross doesn't really get the point. It's like, yeah, us. you're not, yeah, you got to commit. Um, yeah, so we we had been separated for six weeks. We did um, record at some point an episode that should show up with a special guest down the line. Uh, but we decided after doing that one show, it's just not the same. Yeah, I was in like a weird Airbnb. You're you're juggling YouTube videos with being a host, with talking with a guest, and it, 
it just it was it was a mess. We and we decided we could do remote shows and and try to make it work and and stay on schedule, which we always have tried to do uh, because we know you Patronis, uh, who we love so dearly. Uh, that's what you deserve. That's what you pay for. But it got to a point where we said we would be doing a lesser program uh, to just try to stay on schedule by doing it on opposite sides of the country. So we waited it out. But the first, this is really the earliest we could have gotten back together. And now here we are. But well, that's not true. Today's Wednesday. We could have got back together Monday, but we didn't want to do no, that. No, I landed a uh, le- little less than a week ago and, you know, had to reintroce oh, myself to my kids. You've been here it's less week. than a week, but I had to reintroduce myself to my kids. How'd who that didn't go, remember by the way? Me. With They're, Heather, your wife. Your yeah, wife. Yeah, she's still my wife. Was she cool on balance? Because great job by you getting the paycheck, uh, working with Will Arnett. Uh, listen. I don't want to talk out of school here, but Bob got back to L.A. on a private jet with Will Arnett. Let's not sleep on this situation. Right. The Will Arnett jet. Was there the the Arnett jet? It's it's just called the the jet. It says our jet on the side. (laughs) Uh, Was that enough for her to be like, okay, leaving me alone with two children uh, for like basically a tenth of a year? It's fine now. Yeah, I would say any problems uh, that may have arose when I was gone. When she got to see me step off a private jet with Will Arnett. Uh, and she actually saw you. Yeah. Was this like a Friends episode from 1996? <laughs> it kind of was. Because... What if you got off the plane with like an Asian woman named Julie? <laughs> I, well, and, I did. And then Heather had the flowers, but she also had two sons with her. Again, that would make it a little bit more Again, if you were born in ni- exactly 1980, that reference is hitting your sweet Landed. spot. You're, you're <laughs> chuckling. You're guffawing right now. No, it, it was like a like a movie. Like my my five year old Nicholas, like like I stepped off and he just came running like across the tarmac to give me like a big hug after not seeing. How about seeing. that? It was adorable. It was what amazing. Is, is that some like two percenter shit? How are they able to get onto the actual runway for that moment to happen? Well, you know when you fly into Van Nuys Airport, on you know. Look at you. I mean, it was nice. It was a nice dream. moment. I was living the dream for a minute, but that, now. I'm, so I'm I'm very happy for you, and that sound is that's. Sounds like it's a good gig. My boys love that Lego Masters program. In fact, basically every guy I know that has kids loves Lego Masters. Yeah, uh, people like it. It's airing in the UK right now, which is nice. The first season is. So they're oh. getting to see the American Lego Masters for the first time right now. So that's kind of cool. We have a lot of UK listeners on the throwback. We though. do. And then season two premieres on June 1st, only on Fox. Look at you. How about that? He's flying. <laughs> He's flying private. Flying private. Did what happens on a private jet? I've always, always wanted to know. Um, I always assumed that it's it, first of all a lot of like lobster, champagne, and the uh, flight attendant is like a twelve out of ten and extremely just frisky in general. Um, yeah, I had to batter away. I was like, my wife is going to be waiting when we land. You got to get she's off. Like, you know, this is a, a private jet. I, I'm supposed to be doing it. I, I, that's how I pictured it. Is that how it went down? Well, I feel like the more we talk about the private jet, the less likely it is I ever get to be on this again. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. We'll catch 22 there. <laughs> a little bit. Think Will's a listener to the show? Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. And I made sure to never invite him onto the podcast either because I feel like that's that would have been, been the end of our friendship. Because even... Friends, like when I ask like Colleen, Colleen yeah. Wolf to be on the podcast, I know there's a part of her that's like, oh no, Ig. Will is like <laughs> an actual celebrity, you know, guy. You don't want to cross that line because there might not be any coming back from that. No, I know. And he knows I have. It would a- be cool to have Job on the podcast. It though, would be very cool. He knows I have a podcast. 
So that's, you know, step one. How did that come about? Uh, it was just me casually talking about my podcast <laughs> <laughs> and then not inviting him on. So maybe he's hurt. It's like uh, the the one time I big time to Ashton Kutcher. Wow. Have I ever told the story on the pod? No, no. You know this story. It was, uh, I had met him once and then like six months later, we were at the same gathering and I was reintroduced to him and I assumed he would never remember who I am because why the hell would he? He's Ashton Kutcher. So sure. I did what I always do with celebrities. Sneaky sharp guy, by the way. I did what I always do yeah. with celebrities and it said, oh, nice to meet you. Because I didn't want to like put him on the spot to be like, hey, hey good to see you again. Right. So I was like, nice to meet you. And then uh, our our acquaintance was like, yeah, Bob wrote on the show I did. And Ashton went, yeah, I know. We, I've, we've met before. Oh. I was like, ooh. Fucking big time, dude. Oof. You got punked. And then oh, and then Dax jumped out. It was great. None of that happened. Do you think, um, in retrospect, um, Justin Timberlake crying like a little bitch on <laughs> punked should have been uh, the kind of red flag? The immediate end for Justin Timberlake? Now that everyone is kind of like out on the Timberlake experience, uh, but it doesn't matter because he's already has $47 trillion in the bank and was super famous and kind of beloved for 20 straight years. The fact that everybody thinks he's a tool now doesn't really matter. People think they're getting even with Justin Timberlake now. No, it, no, he 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 swindled everybody from '98 to 2018, so he's set. Yeah, uh, but when Speaking, he was crying yeah. like a little bitch in 2003, I'm punked. Maybe we, we should have been aware of. Maybe he's not a cool guy. Speaking of douchebags, do I take out the part of this episode where I talk about? The private plane or the Ashton Kutcher name drop? Which one do I have? I have to remove one. Otherwise, coming off very unlikable in the NU garage. No, you got to keep both. Fuck. You got to keep both. And I don't think you're coming off unlikable. You're just keeping it real. That's what we do here in the new umlaut. Should we call it the umlaut? Like, welcome to the umlaut? No, I don't think that rolls off the tongue. (sighs) Damn. I mean, try it out. You know, slip one by. All right, what would you call it? Well, I mean, this place is... I'm just going to say, compared to the old garage, big step up. I mean, I would never, I would never belittle the old garage, but that place was a piece of shit compared to this. Oh. This is next oh, level. I don't care respect. what you think. I don't care what you think. Show respect for the, the fact that you can, garage. The fact that you can now fit a live studio audience in this garage <laughs> to boo me just shows the next level that you've taken as a homeowner. Okay. All right. Well, I get, uh, all right. Okay, Bob. All right. Oh, should we? (laughs) This is the part of the show where I I manipulate with the applause and boo feature until I get bored of it. Dan has uh, gone six (laughs) weeks forgetting that he had that on his laptop and he just remembered it. It's so funny. Should we tell people before we get into anything of importance? uh, It was a lifetime ago that this happened, but when we posted our last episode, we, uh, Eric, who runs our Instagram account, also posted. Are we a, paying him yet? No, never. Uh, for reasons like this, he posted a picture of a burned down garage. Oh, right. Because we yes. had said we burned it down and we got a disturbing number of phone calls, emails, texts asking us, is everything okay? Yeah. Like my, <laughs> my private Facebook, which I'm not really connected on Facebook anymore, but um, I happened to jump in for some reason and I had people like asking me in, in my uh, private email or whatever. Hey, is everything okay? I got a couple texts from people. Yep. People thought the garage and the, our house had burned down. And for some reason we'd use social media to promote it. I, in, I don't know. In, like, in like a semi-comical way. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that garage was not actually burned down or maybe it was, I don't know. 
Maybe, maybe not. But uh, no, we, listen, the new garage here is um, an upgrade. Uh, very happy to be here. Maybe the podcast will suffer as a result. Probably. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It already feels like a little worse. I feel like maybe we'll never get that magic back. Maybe that's... Maybe now that you've traveled on a private jet, let's let's start to really piece this together, put it on the board. Uh, maybe that's why uh, this is not going to be the same anymore because you lose maybe. that every man standing. I will say, though, private jet from Atlanta to L.A., about the same distance as driving from Pasadena to where you live now. So... <laughs> We'll see if, any, if anything kills it. It's that. Tough sitch. Tough sitch with the commute. <laughs> um, a lot of things. A lot of things up in the air. But uh, yeah, so we're back. And uh, thank you for everybody uh, for your patience. Uh, we don't intend uh, to have another um, hiatus like that again. Uh, but just know it no. was not because we lost interest or cared less about our audience. Uh, although we couldn't possibly care less. Um, <laughs> as evidenced by the product itself yes um but uh yes we're happy to be back and we're gonna get rolling with uh with one of the albums i would imagine fans of this show have been waiting for the bends by radiohead how about that yes uh, a band that i like more than bob but this yep. album hits uh at a time where bob was all in on Radiohead. So we're going to dive into that. We did OK Computer very early on in the show's run. Um, and uh, Bob, the only other thing that we have to hit, well, we have a couple of things. We got to hit the number one song uh-huh. back when the Benz came out uh-huh. in 1990 uh, something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, we have to fulfill a promise. And it's an apology in a way to the listeners for being away so long. There was um, a. We, like I said, a promise to the audience that we would share, or really Bob would share, uh, the Donahue Fraser story. Well, all right, guys, so people at home don't know that Donahue is even a part of the story until right now. I don't but... know if people even know who Phil Donahue is. No, I mean, do so you want to explain to... While, okay. I, while I get this set up? All right, so, okay. all right, so let's start here. Phil Donahue was a staple of daytime talk television in the 80s and um, through much of the 90s, if not through all of the 90s. And Donahue was essentially a competitor with Oprah uh, before Oprah became this omnipresent uh, force with, that had her own orbit. She was a syndicated talk show host, daytime talk show host. And Donahue was a big star for NBC for years and years and years. Taped out in New York City. Bob and I, as you listeners probably know by now, grew up just outside New York City. And uh, because of that, occasionally we would end up, whether it was a school trip or just something connected with family or friends, we would be at live tapings for different shows. I remember one of the more misguided educational decisions by Pearl River High School, uh, our journalism class went senior year to a taping of the Geraldo show. Oh, wow. I missed that one. And uh, which seems weird. Uh, and uh, we saw that taping and which was essentially one step below Jerry Springer, as I recall. Right. It was yeah. like, what are we doing here? <laughs> this is such a. Anyway, we went to a taping of the Rosie O'Donnell show. Right. That was just part of like the whole thing of like, you know, get on the school bus yep. and you get to go to a live taping of TV show. So Donahue. Got big time guests because he was a very prominent, as I said, daytime talk show host. 
And one of his more popular um, go-to moves would be if a show was hot, a TV show, a sitcom or a drama, whatever it was, was hot, he would have the stars of the show on. And he would have a, a live studio audience and Donahue would drive the whole thing like a fucking pro. And uh, and he would interview the stars, and and it would just be a, a big, a big to do. And then the the guest uh, would then field qu- uh, questions from the audience as part of the structure of the program. Oh yeah, and this was parodied on SNL. I think Phil Hartman played Donahue kind of famously back in the day. Yes, Donahue was definitely famous enough to be an SNL parody subject with the white hair and walking into the crowd. I like, think he's still alive, which seems impossible. I think so yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so, uh, all right, uh, Bob, do you want, uh, I'll, this is the last thing I'll say, and then I'm going to get out of the way. Um, Bob, <laughs> in the year of our Lord, I believe 1993, I want to say. I think it's probably 94. 94. Yeah. Um, went with his mother. And sister. And sister to a taping of Phil Donahue's show. And... With these tapings, you never knew who the guests would be. Right. Bob, Lori, and Linda get there, and they find out the guest is the cast of Frasier. Just, I mean, when you talk about the NBC must-see lineup of the mid-90s, everybody knows Friends, massive. Seinfeld, huge. Frasier was right there, and Bob, as I hand it to you now, you were in the studio audience when one of the biggest sitcoms in the 90s had their entire cast seated, seated right in front of you. Frazier was right there. And when you look back on the 90s and you look at actors who didn't win best, you know, best comedic actor, or best comedic actress. If you look at the people who didn't, the shows that didn't win best show, it's because Frazier was winning every cleaned up. Emmy every single year. Emmy voters loved it. It cleaned up. And when it was it, seen as a kind of, it was a spinoff of Cheers. It was right. Kelsey Grammer as the star playing uh, Fraser Crane, a psychologist, uh, psychiatrist in Seattle. Yes. He and moved from brother. Boston to Seattle. His yeah. brother Niles, he was living with his dad. Oh, and, you know, the first year of the show, especially people loved his little fucking dog. Oh, the fucking dog. The dog got a lot of pop. The old man. The old man, his right. father, yep. John Mahoney. R.I.P. Roz working uh, working at the radio Who station. Later showed up in Flock of Dudes. Flock of Dudes. We'll, t- we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> and uh, Daphne was the other one. Man, no Daphne was the British uh, girl yeah. who banged Niles. Yes, near the ultimately, end. ultimately yes. banged Niles. So it was a big, huge hit right out of the gate. Fraser was, and <laughs> a lot of people were wondering, like, with this spinoff of Cheers, it was a character that people didn't even really like that much from Cheers, but. Frazier just took off took right, off. right off the bat. So I'm like 14, 13. No, I'm 14. Do, all right. So can I just jump uh, in real quick? Yes. Here? We've set the table. Yeah. Do we want to start getting into the album and then come back? Or do you want to Ooh, dive in here? I would love to not get into this. <laughs> so the longer that we could prolong it. Cause the then better. you, you do create a scenario where I forget. I know that's, I mean, it's been going on for four years now. I feel like this has almost come up so many times. So I'm, but I'm going to, I want to set the table. Table set. And let's get in, let's get into the music. um, Because I know that's what people are here for. Okay. But not really. I think everyone right now is, they are chomping at the bit for fucking Bob and Kelsey Grammer, a showdown. And I will say, just to tease it before we get into the bends and then we'll come back to it, maybe. Um, (laughs) 
I've shared a lot of embarrassing things on this podcast. Like, and I'm not going to get into what I've shared that's been embarrassing. If you've listened to all the episodes, you know. Right. The Slay Ryan and Clay. All right. We don't, have okay. to, we don't have to go through it again. <laughs> but I would say out of everything in my life, next to the Slay, I mean, Slay Riding Club is probably the worst. That's pretty rough. This is up there as like a tight number two, as like one of these <laughs> things where not revisiting it for the rest of my life would have been fine by me. <laughs> What's that sound effect? Did I kiss Kelly Kapowski? What was that sound effect? Uh, All right. (laughs) So there's the table it's set. And now you cannot change your dial um, digitally because you absolutely need to hear. And I'm just going to say this. I'm going to tease as we get into the music. It becomes a showdown, um, a life and death showdown between Bob, the 14-year-old boy, and Kelsey Grammer, one of the most famous sitcom (laughs) actors of his generation. That's a sell. But before we go that, let's go to a similar timetable. Our time frame, let's go to March 13th, 1995, when The Benz by Radiohead came out. Mike Tyson was released from prison following Mm. his three-year stint that month. Julia Roberts and Lyle Lovett split up, Dan. I had, um, after Tyson got out and his first fight was against a tomato can named Peter McNeely. Mm -hmm. You were a big McNeely guy. Well, that that feels like a big stretch. But I um, had... I was excited enough about the fight that I uh, VHSed it. I taped it. Uh-huh. I, and I still have somewhere at my parents' house in New York a VHS of the Mike Tyson-Peter McNeely fight. I believe Tyson stopped McNeely late in the first round. That thing is probably worth pennies today. <laughs> <laughs> so valuable. <laughs> Movies that came out that month. That's Al- just the, the first VHS reference. There's going to be another one coming up. Because I didn't want to leave you hanging, Bob, here and put you in a bad spot where you're Bearing your soul a little bit. I'll be bearing my soul in, uh, with the context being something VHS related soon. Great. We're going to get there very quickly. Um, anything to say about Julia and Lyle Lovett splitting up other than the fact that back then all of America could openly shit on Lyle Lovett's looks and be on the same page and nobody yeah. thought there was anything weird about it? I think they people. I think that still would have been safe uh, today. You think so? I think so just because he's he was a, you know, a target that would have been deemed and even today's society is someone you can hit out hit out at it and want to get popped at if you did it the other way around it wouldn't fly today there'd be some dick on twitter though just being like um just fyi (laughs) saying these things is hurtful to men and just because there's societal standards for beauty like somebody would get upset i i think he might fall on that sliver where he probably wouldn't get that. You that think defense. he's so ugly that he would have no defenders. <laughs> no, I just think like this super wealthy white country star singer. I don't think he's going to have a lot of people coming to his defense. I don't know why. I think it is funny. Though, wrong. I feel like America took it personally because Julia Roberts was our sweetheart. And we're like, what are you doing? Yeah, wait, whoa, whoa. What are you doing with this Slow guy? down here. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, movies that came out that month. I mean, he was, he was a monster. Let's, <laughs> let's just be completely honest here. Yeah, not 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 the best looking guy. I mean, we're not the best looking guys either, but like a monster is a monster. I will say we're not the best looking guys, but we fall on the right side of the love it line. So at least we have that. Just to the right. <laughs> Movies that came out that month. Outbreak. Mm-hmm. Tank Girl. Oh, Lori Petty's star vehicle. Yep. Did not go anywhere. And the vehicle broke down. And I didn't get a sound up for this because I was too busy getting the Donahue stuff ready. So I'll just do it myself. This movie, Dan. Fat guy in little coat. Ah, 
Tommy Boy. Guy in little coat. Tommy Boy. Yes. One of our favorites back when we were kids. We, I, yeah, so yeah. that in the theater with my cousin and um, laughed so hard. Yep. And it became really a, a movie that has a lasting impact. Again, for people born in exactly 1980. Yeah. Maybe 79, maybe 81. I know it's not, a, I mean, we talked about Adam Sandler a few episodes ago, but I mean, the trifecta for that era was the Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Tommy Boy trifecta. Even though right. there's no connective tissue between the two, it just right. felt like that was those were the three movies at the time. So I do want to say one thing, though, about Tommy Boy in retrospect. So for me, <clears throat> when I was a kid and all through my teen years and even through my 20s, I had, a, and I still do, have a lot of blind spots with movies. Mm-hmm. Um, TV, I'm pretty plugged in on what's popular and, and things that are deemed to be special TV or good TV I've seen in... Most of it, uh, music, I feel like I'm pretty plugged in. Uh, sports, definitely. Movies, I've, I, there's a lot of movies I have not seen that mm-hmm. everyone else has seen. Right. So I'll give you an example because I've made a concerted effort in recent years, uh, really the last 12 months, like pandemic style, to see movies that everyone else has seen. Yep. So when my, par- my in-laws were in town over Christmas, I saw Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, John nice. Candy, uh-huh. Steve Martin, 1987. Great. Great. Great comedy. And then when you see that it's a buddy comedy with one kind of uptight guy and one gregarious uh, big dude, so John Candy, Chris Farley, mm-hmm. Steve Martin, David Spade, and then a big part of the comedy hinges on a road trip and a car that gets decimated and they keep driving the car even though it's already been decimated. Robert Downey Jr., Zach Galifianakis. Well, I'm not even saying that because I'm staying in the Tommy Boy yeah, yeah. W- world here. I have to say, retroactively, it cheapened Tommy Boy for me. Oh, interesting. Because it's like, oh, they're kind of just ripping off the movie that came out eight years earlier, Plane right. Trains and autos- Automobiles. I, as as a 15-year-old seeing that movie, I was like, this is the funniest shit ever. Like, the deer destroyed the fucking car, and they're yeah. still driving it. And, but now when you see that, you know, it came from something else, it's basically a ripped-off idea by other SNL or you know, late night comedy stars. It's like, Oh, but I bet we could find something eight years before that with the fucked up road trip. I'm just saying the car thing, it was a ripoff, but I did love Tommy boy. All right. So and this, I love Chris Farley. If you want to keep on kicking Chris Farley while he's down, <laughs> just keep going. I won't, I won't do that. The number one song in America and so many other countries when the Ben sold a half a million brake pads. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy sold a half a million brake pads. Oh, Denny, just kicking it right there. Tommy sold a half a million brake pads. No, that's the African American yeah, gentleman yeah. that lives no, but... at, uh, works at Callahan Auto yep. Parts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Bo Derek. Yeah. Did she kill Big Tom Callahan? No, I think he just died. She was waiting it out, but then her and Rob Lowe were ready to. Lowe was great. Pounce. At that. Great low. Great low performance. All right. Let's keep going. Number one song in America. This podcast will be nine hours long. Yep, it's been a while. <laughs> this is what happens when uh, one of us goes to Georgia for six weeks. The clapping is not part of the song. That is Dan doing it. Rhythmic clapping. It's like, why did I reference rhythmic, rhythmic clapping? It's like, oh, that's from the Penn State... Uh, rape case in the showers. Oh, God. I wish I didn't bring that up. Wow. Um, you, didn't, you didn't have to clear that up either. Well, you know. 
would have been fine not doing that. Well, it happened. Um, <laughs> take a bow. Take a bow. Let's listen. Masquerade is getting older. Lights are low. The curtains down. There's no one here. We'll get to the chorus in a second. It's weird. We've talked about it on this on this podcast, and I'm a Madonna fan. I like Madonna. I've been pushing to do Ray of Light on this podcast for a while. Yep. It hasn't come together yet, but maybe it will. She after Blonde Ambition, the Vogue album, and then she just got went, went like all in on just like being like promiscuous would be the night, nice way to put it. Yeah, uh-huh. a little hortastic. Promiscuous is a great word, by the way. Yeah, it's a, a good decent one. Nelly Furtado song, but a great word. Yeah, I think it was a very good Nelly Furtado song. But uh, she she kind of dropped off the radar. Um, for most of the 90s but then every like two or three years she'd like drop a, like a hammer power ballad or like yeah. a slow song but she didn't have any of the pop hits anymore but she had these songs though. right like the one from the With Honors soundtrack yeah she had all those Rain Rain the yeah fifth. this used to be my playground oh, great. the uh, League of Their Own song but anyway alright so I'll share something embarrassing because I know you're going to have your Donahue story so I don't know if everybody had a tape I had a tape Right. When, if you're a kid of the 90s. I don't think you have to clarify that. I think the kids of the 90s know what you mean when you say, I had a tape. I I had a tape. I was a teenage boy. (laughs) I had a tape. And the tape was essentially a collage of um, eroticism. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you did clarify it. Um, and it, 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 could be, <laughs> it could be uh, things that are on HBO at a certain time. Uh-huh. Could be um, Showtime. It could be a little Red Shoe Diaries. Telemundo if you get very spot. desperate. In a bad spot. Um, for me, uh, my, my tape was dotted with music videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, of certain was it to give you was it to give you a break in between or was it kind of like were you putting together this tape like a variety show where you're like and now the musical guest (laughs) the spin doctors and then they come out it's funny you should say that because i think everybody that had a tape you curated it with a certain level of precision and there was a uh you wanted to get it right you know you wanted to have your tape in good working order of course um and take a bow where Madonna plays a <laughs> Mexican bullfighter's uh, lover, I believe. Yeah. And um, scantily clad lover. And she spends mo- most of the music video tumbling around in a, a white bed. <laughs> yep. With white sheets and uh, in undergarments. <laughs> I just want to say that "Take a Bow" by Madonna was on my tape. Yeah. <laughs> The tape of eroticism. And I, Not to be confused with the sleep sex mix, which was purely audio. This was your tape of eroticism, VHS. They're very different, but I No, I know that. I just want to clarify it. Because the sleepy sex mix also um, was for shared consumption. Was there a sleep portion of the tape, too, where <laughs> it would just log into like the... the like that a, was just hitting the stop button. Okay. And, and then it, you it, retire to your it wouldn't just be like the Tom Snyder show came on for like an hour and then you would come back to Mariah <laughs> don't, Carey. Don't talk like you did, you don't have a tape. <laughs> I didn't say one way or the other. 
whether or not I had a tape. Do you, did you digitize your tape? Is your tape somewhere that could be accessed today? And no, I don't think so. I mean, I I recently the reason I even have this Donahue thing on my computer is because I recently got a VCR off eBay to digitize a whole bunch of old. How tapes. much is it? First of all, eBay still exists. That's interesting. Number one. Secondly, how much is a VCR purchase in 2020 cost on eBay? So here's the fun, here's the crazy thing. I was able to find one on eBay for like all all said and done, maybe thirty five dollars. <laughs> You want to buy one new? It's like $180 on BestBuy.com. Really? Because it's a dead technology. Interesting. They probably only make like one a year if they're still making them at all anymore. That makes sense. So hold on. So what I'm saying, kids, hold on to your VCRs. Hold on to your tapes. And hold on to your VHSs. Hey, 42-year-olds out there, (laughs) hold on to your tapes. Hold on to your tapes. That's a good public service announcement. So Madonna, take a bow. Definitely a good good call if you're going to put music videos on your tape. I'm trying to think what else was on the tape from a VH1 MTV angle. When did the tape end? What year did it end? Probably like 97. It was like a mid-90s joint. Right, right. Okay, I'm sure we'll figure out other stuff that was on there. Any episodes of Singled Out? Yes. 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 That makes sense. Also, a movie that starred Robert Downey Jr. and a young Heather Graham. I don't know that one. A romantic... uh, Erotic romp film. <laughs> Erotic. The first track on the Benz, the second studio album released by Radiohead on March 13th, 1995. Whoa! You come in hot with this one. Coming in super hot. Love Planet Telex. And um, where did you come down, Bob, on Radiohead at this time when this album landed? Now, they, of course, Pablo Honey had come out. Two years earlier, it had Creep, which is a big alternative rock hit here in the States. Um, and uh, this was the follow-up that didn't do very well here, but now is kind of recognized of a, as a classic of the era. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, uh, you know, they were the Creep band still for me at this time when this album came out. Pablo Honey, I didn't own, but of course, Creep was like one of the most recognizable, best songs of the early 90s. So... I was intrigued by Radiohead. And then this album came out and it had some huge singles that we'll, we'll talk about. It's surprising that you said that this didn't do too well over here because I feel like the couple of singles that did it do well. It peaked at number 88 in the United States. Oh my States. God, that's so yeah. surprising to me. Uh, yeah, no, I wasn't uh, going out to buy the album. I think at that point, because you know, still a poor 15-year-old uh, band had to have like three big singles for me to go out and 
spend $18 on a CD. Sure. So they didn't cross that threshold yet. But it's an album that later in the 90s, after OK Computer, which um, I, I think I got deep into my feelings on that when we did that episode, I would assume. Um, it took years for me to like, go back and listen to this album and be like, holy shit, this is one of the best albums of the mid-90s. So the interesting thing about Radiohead and their arc is that Pablo Honey, even now, looking back at it with hindsight, it's fine. Yeah, no. There's I... nothing special. Like, the Creep is a truly special song. It's a one of the great alternative rock songs of the 90s, and everybody kind of uh, understands that and understood, understood then that it was great, and now when you listen to it, it's just it still sounds great, that song. Uh, but it wasn't like that that album, when you go back to it, it sounds like one of the brilliant, most brilliant rock bands ever, like getting their feet wet. It just sounded like another post-Nirvana grunge type band. Yep. And I think that's why The Benz uh, was such a game changer because OK Computer came next. And like I said, we've talked about that album on the show, check it out. Although it was very early in the run of the show, so it might be a bad episode. God, it might be. I, I have know. no memories of that episode. Nor, nor do I. Um, but uh, but this this album takes the, the the good things about Pablo Honey and then just shows so many more layers uh, to the band. There's just so it's it, it kind of goes in a lot of different places. It's not maybe as uh, quote unquote kind of genius in terms of uh, when you look at their upcoming albums like okay computer like in rainbows like um kid a but it's the most i think it's their most accessible rock album it's their most 90s album and for that reason it's my favorite radiohead album right this is the only one i'm ever in the mood to listen to i think okay computer is genius for what it is but to me this is 90s rock that's yeah and that i think that is one of those things where you and i diverge yes in a huge way, which we don't often do, uh, but this band is interesting from that standpoint. So here is track two. This is, I think, the most well-known song um, off the bends, at least here. It is high and dry. This thing's fucking perfect. Love this one. Yeah. All right, let's listen to high and dry. This is one of the singles. Two jumps in a week, but you think that's pretty clever. Tom York, one of the great voices of uh, alternative rock. Uh, it's perfect. He's like an angel. 
beautiful song. This was, this ended up on my sleepy mixes for many, many years. Oh, you want to talk about locked and loaded on the sleep sex mix? I think this was track three. I mean, it goes. Oh, prime spot. Yeah, it's prime spot. Wow. It's it like the Mr. Jones treatment on the sleep sex mix. Um, We've gotten multiple uh, tweets over the years, people asking Dan. When will we have the full sleep sex mix available okay. to either do an episode for, do an episode about, or just to share with our audience? I, do you think you have it in you to reconstruct it? Well, the bigger question is, do I have it? And I might have it. Wow. Again, I'm getting back. The pandemic obviously took everybody out of their normal uh, travel plans. I didn't get a chance to go back to New York last year, but I will be going in a couple of months and I will excavate my CD collection. And I think in my disc, uh, in my, because um, my dad is famous for storage abilities and not throwing anything out. Yeah. I think I will be able to find, um, like everyone had, everybody had a tape. Right. And then five years later, everybody had their book of burned CDs. Yeah. And I think you'll find, and I can still see it, it was a gold, like Maxwell CD 90 thing, yep. slow down mix, it said. Slow down mix. That's what it was. So did this song earn the number three spot because in college and thereafter you would leave your lovers both high and dry? <laughs> well, well done, Bob. All right, here's the best part of the song. Video takes on a song, lyrics take on a whole new meaning. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. It's a song that it was a demo during Pablo Honey, um, according to Tom York. Can you imagine Tom York before he got famous, like dating in England? Like what, what was what was going on there? He said he said the lyrics are about quote some loony girl I was going out with, but became quote mixed up with ideas about success and failure. Uh, he dismissed that original demo as quote two Rod Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> And in 2006, he told Pitchfork that High and Dry was a, quote, very bad song. Wow. Listen to the guitar here. That's a beautiful song. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's wrong with you, Tom York? Is it a top five Radiohead song to you, Bob? I think so. Probably. Top 10. Do you have three Radiohead songs that you like? Let's, let's oh, for sure there. I do. No, for sure I do. In fact, one's coming up. I think my favorite's coming up. But a couple of my favorites are coming up on this album. Yeah, I have. I like Radiohead. So here's the thing. So, yeah. So you were kind of out on Radiohead by Kid A, right? More Complete, or less. I would say completely out by Kid A. I'd say, okay, computer. You know, they had uh, Karma Police. And I was like weirdly intrigued by Paranoid Android, even though I'd don't think I would have said I liked it at the time, but mm-hmm. I would always listen to it and be like, do I like this? Like, but, uh, like I said, this is my favorite type of Radiohead. Like when they're making these kinds of songs. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a, uh, interesting, like divergence of what we're into because you, as we talked about Bob music in a lot of ways is lo-fi indie, um, kind of no frills. It's like regular guys like putting together like sure. good sound and rock. Yeah. You know? um, whereas Radiohead is the opposite of that. The thing I didn't like about where they went, and I definitely talked about this on OK Computer, is that to me it just sounded like somebody trying to plug in a computer and the modem not clicking. 
for the first four minutes of every song of just computer sound effects and then Tom York. (laughs) (laughs) Kid A? Yes, Kid A. That's where they ended up. And then Tom York just kind of moaning over it. And I was like, I don't like this. See, yeah, I think that is, I think this band is like ground zero for you and I differ because. (laughs) That's that's what I love. I think that's what makes them brilliant is that they can take all these sounds and, and turn it into something really moody and interesting. And this, I love this, but I love this the way you love it is like a, a great alternative rock album. Yeah. Oh boy. But I think when they stretched out their legs, they were so much better. See, this is it for me. This is it. All right, here's Fake Plastic Trees, which is beautiful. Surprisingly, Bob, this is the first single off the Benz in the U.S. Really? They released this as the oh, the first thing, which is, whoa. <laughs> so the Creep guys coming out hot. Yeah, I mean, you want to make a statement to your audience. Uh, there had to be some people pushing back, I would think, at their record label that this would be the lead single. But, For sure. Uh, I mean, there's a song coming up that would have been the perfect follow-up to Creep. Right. Uh, but, you know, I think this is when you, like, talk about, like, just, like, the prettiest, like, ballads of the 90s yeah if you told me that this was the number one like beautiful ballad the perfect kind of slow song of the 90s i can't really argue with you no i completely agree this one i love this song and uh i would love to play if you if you go down on this one not go down on it like lower the volume i mean Mm -hmm. yes I will. Did you ever see their performance or hear their performance on 120 Minutes in 1995? Because they put out, 120 Minutes put out a CD in the mid-90s. I remember like that. The best of 120 Minutes. I had the CD. I and there was that. an acoustic fake plastic trees on that. Ooh, let's listen to that. And let's see if my computer works, if we can do this. But I used to listen to this one all the time. A green plastic Fiction is sounds like the same song at this point because you know it's such a slow burn but later in the song in the album version the uh 
electric guitars kick in and it does kind of amp up a little bit at the end of Fake Plastic Trees, but this version stays mellow the whole time. And this was the one that ended up on my sleep mixes. Mm. It's, it's weird just, seeing uh, Tom York with bleached blonde hair. Yep. Um, looking like a surfer in Manhattan Beach. <laughs> like he just got kicked out of blur. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a... Uh, it's a perfect song. And uh, yeah, I think like they had, they had, I think what they ended up doing in their career is I bet they could have made the bends five more times. For sure. Well, it's like the, you know, the Coldplay thing. When we talk about Coldplay, like they, they took their sound into a poppier, dancier direction. Radio had took their sound into a AOL startup disc direction. And <laughs> You know, a band like Travis never did anything other than make albums like The Man Who. Right. And maybe that's why they never kind of went to that next level. But can you at least, Grandpa, because you are basically the record buyer that they revolted against. Like, Love it. They, that they wanted to expand like their sound and, and actually take the idea of what they do to a different place. Different soundscapes. Of different themes to the songwriting. Different like delivery methods to try to connect with people and that's what i love about them because i don't think coldplay could have written a rush of blood to the head five more times because i don't think they had that talent i think the i think radiohead they could have been the biggest 90s slash 2000s rock act if they wanted to and they chose to just take a more challenging creative path i don't know how you, no, you can't I, respect I, that but I, I wait a minute who said i didn't respect that i love disrespecting radiohead Bob. i love that they did that i'm not going to be the guy Showing up at a Radiohead concert, yelling "Play Creep," but I'm also, well, but I'm also, off. but I'm also not going to be the guy showing <laughs> at up Radiohead at a Radiohead concert. concert. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I, I get it, and I don't think you're hardly alone. I'm sure there's a lot of people that said we're not coming on this journey, right? And that that was me as well. Like when Kid A came out, I got it uh, because everyone was talking about it and it was being written about breathlessly as like yeah. a deeply important album but uh, it took a while for me to get into it but then once I did it's an album I've come back to over and over and over and over again in a way I don't come back to many artists or albums because it's just different and it's great like it's a great headspace type music it's just like not a lot of bands could do that what they do you know what i think a part of it is too just full confession here full yeah. e maybe even a little bit of a la reveal magnifico Bra la reveal magnifico many years ago um i think you were on the phil donahue show no not that York. not that uh chuck klosterman wrote something i can't remember where it was talking about how tommy lee hates radiohead and it was, <laughs> and it was like a thing. Sounds like an amazing piece. I'm sure. I know. I I'm it. sure. Yeah. And it was, uh, God, I'm probably, I'm, I'm going to butcher because it it's been 20 years since I've even thought about this, but it was about how Tommy Lee doesn't like Radiohead. And the reason is because after, uh, Pam left him, right. she was with somebody, maybe it was Kid Rock even, who introduced her. No, Kid Rock did not introduce anyone to... to uh, He's a rich white Radiohead. guy from Detroit. <laughs> Maybe he did. but We're talking about the same Kid Rock? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Maybe it was like the magician David Blaine. Or, or the something. surfer or somebody. <laughs> the surfer, yes. Yeah. Somebody Probably not Guy Ritchie. <laughs> somebody introduced her to Radiohead, and she became a fan of Radiohead. And for that reason, 
Tommy Lee would <laughs> around that time just take shots at Radiohead whenever he was being interviewed. I get it. I would do the same thing. So my college girlfriend, after we broke up, dated a guy who liked oh, Radiohead. Oh, no. Okay. So I wonder there it is. if I'm still holding on to that deep-seated resentment from there that time of like Mary Davis. There's something there probably. Yeah. I get that. Um, my college girlfriend, I remember seeing a picture on like Facebook of her... Fucking Tom York. <laughs> she was fucking <laughs> Tommy Lee's giant dick. Oh, no. no. Tommy Lee and Tom York. It was a picture of her and... Um, her boyfriend and he was wearing a U2 shirt and I was like wait a second that's not fucking allowed here <laughs> oh no that's I like U2 that is hitting you below the belt way below the belt oh man it didn't make me not like U2 anymore it just made me want to hurt that man that I had never met for wearing a shirt that had really nothing to do with him well and it should make you feel better though just solidifying that she has bad taste <laughs> here is Bones I'm all in at this point in this album. I feel like this is the first song where maybe I would skip it. Bones? Yeah, not that there's anything wrong with Bones, but if anything's been a little mid-album fillery, what do you think? Whoa, whoa, You're pro-Bones? Bones is a monster. Okay. Really? Yeah, we are not on the same page. Maybe I'm being a little hard on Bones. I don't know. It didn't do anything for me just now. Yeah, I I think that... I thought that was the song you're referring to that would have been a good lead single. Oh. Uh, I think that's a great. Maybe rocker. I take that back. I wasn't really paying attention, and you, you told me to raise the volume, and I, you know, I'm kind of all over the place right now. <laughs> and you know, I'm thinking about, thing. I'm thinking about Meredith, yeah, right? Yeah, I get yeah. It. All right, but now that I have you in a sensitive and vulnerable headspace, let's get back to Donnie. <laughs> oh no! All right, so where we last left off, Bob. <sighs> they don't need his up, mother. They don't need his updates. Sister. Bob is 14 years old at the time. Maybe 15. But no, four, not 15. 14 years old. They traveled to Manhattan for yeah. a Donahue taping. The cast of Frasers. My there. mom had a friend who had a hookup that got us these tickets to go see Donahue. And for me, it was super exciting because I had never seen a TV show before in person. This was like the first one where I got to like go into a studio. And as somebody who like eventually ends up working in TV, right. I always kind of knew I wanted to do sure. something in this realm. Sure. So I was like, oh my God, I get to like be in a studio with Phil fucking Donahue. Donahue was a fucking big star. He was a big star. Big star. And the cast of Frasier, the hottest sitcom in the world, not named Friends right now. This is so exciting. I 100% am going to ask a question so I could be on TV. Okay. So that is, all right, that's an important setup here because there is a Donahue's was leading the whole thing like a fucking pro. Total Donahue move. He interviews. <laughs> he asks questions to each of the cast members. There's probably like seven or eight people up there, right? That's how I remember it. Yeah, no, they were all there. I have seen this VHS tape that Bob um, uh, had from the Donahue taping, and I kind of have a memory of it, but I also haven't heard or seen it in 20 to 25 years. Um, but what the basic structure of the Donahue episode, after Donahue does uh, an open, maybe half the show, 
he starts to involve the audience. And, yeah. and so Bob knew that. And so how did that process go? How did you, did you just raise your hand repeatedly and hope you got picked? Was it something that happened before the show? No, it was, you'd raise your hand uh, throughout the show. Like who wants to ask questions and you'd raise your hand and then he would walk over to you. Oh, so it happened in real time. It wasn't planned well, out. They didn't so, screen? No, they didn't screen anything. Interesting. But when they went to commercial before the next segment, they would look around and you'd raise your hand. <laughs> and before, so we're like midway through the show, like you said, and we get to commercial and Anu says, okay, who wants to ask a question? And I raise my hand as there's a few other people. So he points to somebody and he says, okay, when we come back, we'll go to you first. He points to this woman. He said, and then we'll go to you. He points to me. And your little boner hardens in that moment. This is it. This is your moment. This is my moment. I'm going to be on TV and I'm going to ask a question. Was your your mom and your sister were like... They were there, but we weren't sitting together because when you got when you get into the audience, they oh. kind of move you around to fit certain places. And so I'm so, sitting... Wait, what section did they put you in? Oh, I'm, I'm the loser <laughs> section, clearly. They not so even... Fascinating. They broke up a family. Yeah. A mother... Uh, and her two children. Well, no, I think maybe my mom. To properly fill the crowd? Maybe my mom and sister <laughs> were sitting move. together, but I, I, they definitely moved me to sit on like the end of some row. Interesting. Somewhere else. So already an indignity uh, just to get things rolling <laughs> So here. I am. So get this guy, out of, get this little teen out of camera view. <laughs> this acne teen. <laughs> this acne ridden teen. Wearing wearing a baseball cap to a And Donnie it was a, a New Jersey devil's hat. I, yeah, I, I was going to talk about that. I was going to talk about that. That was weird. So. Lifelong yes. Rangers fan. Absolutely. Like However, you, big, you had an Adam Graves poster above yes. your bed at this time. Somebody had gotten me a devil's hat around that time for whatever reason. And it was just a cool hat. It was a black hat. It was a black logo. hat and yeah. it looked good and it was clean. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to this, uh, this taping. Oh, cause I had a Rangers hat, but I had just gone to the Rangers parade after they won the Stanley cup and it was right, signed. So it I got 94. it. I got it signed. So I couldn't wear that hat anymore. So I had this devil's hat that looked good. And if All I'm right. But just like, that's but I a, still, out of all the parts of the story that I hate, I hate that I'm wearing. Yeah, a that's hat. a weird move because not only were the Devils, you the know, rivals, uh, rivals of the Rangers, they were arch rivals. In fact, the Devils that really kicked in in '95, though. So I feel like, well, no, they Stephane were already, Matteau was yes, the Eastern but, Conference Finals right, that year, right? But it really kicked in when the Devils won the next year, and then like my hatred for the Devils escalated. And again, maybe because I'm wearing this fucking hat on TV, which I shouldn't have been wearing. Meredith, you think that guy was? He was probably a better lover than you two. No, and he was he was better a, musical taste, obviously, but better lover. Fuck you! I liked better than Ezra at the time. <laughs> we had, we we had like a better than Ezra song at that point. Well, um, <laughs> so <laughs> wait, hold on. Let me clarify. Late period, better than Ezra. Oh no! no, <laughs> so, no. Was it at the stars? It might have been. <laughs> so, anyway, I like so, better than Ezra. I know. When well, are we gonna do that? Soon they want to pull. No. Fuck yeah, uh, they stay, did. Let's stay focused. Okay. That's fucking stunning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and aside, Courtney of Courtney and Wyatt uh, emailed and asked, when are we going to do better than Ezra? So they're, okay. they're coming Okay, now you're hot. just stalling. I am okay. stalling. All That's right. true. Go ahead. Okay, so they go to the commercial. Donnie says, we're going to go to you, to this woman, and then we're going to go to you, points to me. So I'm like ready to go. And I have the perfect question locked and loaded. I'm going to ask David Hyde Pierce... Right. Who was Niles? Niles, kind of um, the immediate like breakout star of the show. People thought he was hilarious. He was big. He got bit, he was getting big pop again. Because... It, it went dog number one, Niles number two, <laughs> Mahoney. No, you're, you're already hitting out here. Mahoney three. Uh, you, you're too close, Bob. 
Fraser, Kelsey Fraser, Grammer was Fraser, a distant one former. of the biggest TV stars in the country at this time. He was massive. He was on Cheers, which is arguably the biggest sitcom in U.S. history. And then you had this show was a monster. He was the star. Kelsey Grammer was the center of the universe for this television program. Right. However, David Hyde Pierce as Niles was kind of the breakout character because, as often was the case, especially in this era, whatever whatever the love love affair angle of a sitcom was, just like with Ross and Rachel, mm-hmm. aud- the audiences ate that shit up. Sure. And it was David Hyde Pierce, his character Niles, and Daphne, the British right. nanny, was yep. she? Whatever she was. Caretaker. So they were, that was big pop. So I understand why you would say... I'm going to go to Hyde Pierce in a big spot. Right. Not Grammar. Right. And uh, I mean, Grammar was the fourth most likable person on his own show. So. All right. So I'm going to ask. I'll let you have it because I understand what's about to happen. So I have the perfect question all lined up. And that question was, David Hyde Pierce had just been in like the previous year, been in the show called The Powers That Be. And it only lasted maybe six episodes. And I remember thinking that show was very funny. So my <laughs> my perfect question, right out this of the... This is already funny, by the way. My perfect this question. This 14-year-old acne-riddled dweeb <laughs> is like, this comedy that came out that didn't have a huge audience, I quite enjoyed it. I'll ask about that. Yep. And my question was going to be probably simply, hey, David, loved the powers that be. Whatever <gasps> happened to that show? That was it. That was going to be my question. Not a great question, by the way. Not a great question. Not but great. It would have teed him up to just... Be David Hyde Pierce and just kill it. Already, I was like a, a writer just teeing up. I feel like this up. song should be playing while you're uh, telling the story. Right, about please do, because it's about to. Oh, not this is the again. saddest song possible. <laughs> no, don't ruin the song for me, because then All I'll right. never be able to hear this I again. Understand. I understand. Okay. All right. So, do we still do? I was going to ask if I we cannot stop. wait to hear this. Okay. So, we come back from commercial. Kelsey goes over to the uh, first woman. Oh, sorry. Uh, Donnie goes over. Okay, we're back. We have some questions. The woman stands up, and I swear to God, she asks, my question's for David Hyde Pierce. I love that show, The Powers That Be. Oh, and no! Fucking takes my no. question. <laughs> so now I am on deck. Oh, no, you're dying now. Naked. <laughs> naked on deck. having to, Knowing that Donahue's going to come up to me in just a matter of moments and ask me... <laughs> To say something on television. Uh, and you didn't have a backup in mind or anything. It was just... You're no, I mean... Ca- I, now you're just... Now I'm just... Scrambling a little scrambling bit. Scrambling a little bit. And you're a boy. You're 14. You're just trying <sighs> to figure it out. My heart is pumping right now. It's beating so hard. I want everyone to know before we play this that this actually did have a lasting effect on Bob. Yes. It affected him in a profound, deep way. And uh, the fact that... The first love of his life was fucking a huge Radiohead fan. Yeah, that bothered him, but nothing compares to what you're about to hear. So Donahue comes over to me, and at this point, all I can do is play the clip where Perry Gilpin is going to finish answering her question, and then Donahue comes to me. Here we go. And I also, despite digitizing this and loading it on my computer right now, have not listened to this. Oh yeah, in about twenty no, I, years. That, no, I I believe that. I have skipped over it until this exact it. moment. I believe some things you don't want to revisit. You no. don't want to revisit your own funeral, you know. Here we go. My sister and I just screamed out because we just couldn't bear to see her so dejected. Uh, but but it didn't discourage you <laughs> enough that you didn't you. choose to pursue this as your own as your own career. 
Oh, no. First no, time. she got so much attention afterwards. I mean, everyone felt so sorry for her. Yes, my good man, you wanted that. Um, I was wondering, are any of you guys planning on jumping onto the big screen? <laughs> well, it's not like you just jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> if it were that easy, I would have done it a long time ago. Mary! <laughs> there are certainly plans. Play you know. it again, Bob. Play uh, it again. Play the question again. Here we go. <laughs> yes, my good man, you wanted that. Um, I was wondering, are any of you guys planning on jumping onto the big screen? <laughs> yes! Well, it's not like you just jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelsey Grammer couldn't resist the kill shot of the teenager! So, I'm never going to post this online, but for everybody listening, just so you know, Kelsey Grammer says, well, it's not like you just jump onto the big screen. And he, he does this, you. He does this hand motion where he just takes it, and how would you describe it? It just goes bloop. Yeah, jump, like, jump onto the big screen. Basically say, hey, dumbass. Yeah. You know. But by the way, in I mean, in your defense, like, it's not that you were, like, not understanding how it works. It was just a figure of speech. Of course. But I guess he was mocking the idea of uh, it would be that easy. That, you know, I do a TV show, so now I'm going to be a movie star. And especially back no, then, there was two separate worlds. No, all he's doing is fucking mocking me. <laughs> There's no, there's no rhyme or reason behind what his answer. All right, so now what this, you don't, the this, listeners don't know. This mid-pubescent boy <laughs> whose voice was just not even... Like, Your voice this, is amazing. The voice is amazing. <laughs> like, it's actually way better than I remember. It's actually way worse than I remember. Because, like, I mean, some people like it. But, like, it's funny because I, didn't, I don't remember you being so pubescent. Yeah. You know, it's 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 in a very high register. Very. <laughs> One more time, Bob. Let's just let's hear that register again. Um, I was wondering, are any of you guys planning on jumping onto the big screen? Glasses. No, not wearing glasses. Sorry, braces. Braces. Devil's hat. Oh, your braces were on for so long. So long. You were so mad because I got my braces on after you and before you got yours off. Noticeable pimples right around the nose. Oh. Like upper lip, nose area. Out of respect for you, Bob, I'm not looking at the video right now. Well, it's, I'm, I'm also, just listening. No, it's not respect for me. I'm not going to share the video with you. There was a whole thing before this episode started where Dan was like, just uh, just send me the episode and I'll be able to play it on my computer. I was like, no, go out of your way to find three additional wires to make this possible because I am not giving this to you. You cannot have this power. All right. Now, let me just hear. I'm going to hear grammar again because I just want to be fair. Um, final, A final judgment on whether he truly... Um, was cruel to a teenage boy unnecessarily. Let's hear it again. Well, it's not like you just jump on <laughs> Pregnant pause. Pregnant pause. He looks at David Hyde Pierce. He glances over at David Hyde Pierce. Oh, he gave Hyde Pierce a look. Just ready to go. Oh, and, and then he puts both hands in the air and then does the jump motion. One more time. Well, it's not like you just jump on <laughs> oh, Then he does the motion again. <laughs> then it cuts back to me. Oh, and you die. I'm laughing. No, well, but you're dying dead on the inside. inside. Totally dead on the totally inside. Totally dead on the inside. I don't need to see that again because that's burned in my brain. I'll always remember when the camera cuts back to you after that as the audience goes fucking mad because Love grammar it. just slayed the whole audience with that comeback. <laughs> and you are melting inside. You're, you're a volcano. There's lava. It's it's unbelievable how much he hurts you in that moment, 
And I think that's what I love the most. Also, like braces, but I'm also missing the canine tooth right there. So it gets like the side angle of me where it's just. It's a tough shot. It's a tough. Listen, all of us are a little rough at 14, but. Here's the thing. If I share anything from this video not happening, I, I, I. Maybe I will share a still of this, just so people know how, how awful this was. All right, look at that. I mean, look at this, Dan. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, oh, look at that. Well, I remember that boy. That was my best friend. <laughs> yeah, but how about that? I don't remember you missing a tooth. That... <laughs> <laughs> Just hadn't grown in yet. Oh, oh, that's good. That's good. This song, appropriately, nice dream. That tooth ever come in? Nope. Looks like it. Is that a real one? I have my final verdict on uh, grammar after this. this Bob. while you and I are on opposite side of the aisles here with the arc of Radiohead's career yeah would I have minded a reality where they put out a bunch of albums that had songs as perfect as Nice Dream on it yeah just as like plopped in the middle of the album you know just a not even a single just like this is our version of mid-album filler yeah so good. I wouldn't have minded so that. Good. In fact, I would say this, Bob. I will, l- let me say this, because you did get out on Radiohead, as is your right. If you really gave In Rainbows a chance, I think, because that's my favorite Radiohead. In album. Rainbows was one, actually, when it came out, I gave it a listen and I did like it, for sure. If you revisited In Rainbows, yeah, I feel yeah. like we've had this conversation before, but that is the closest kind of cousin to the Benz in that after years of experimenting on a high level with what they could do with their sound, they kind of, I wouldn't say that it was a back to the basics album, but it was like, we're going to embrace melody and, right. and more traditional songcraft. And um, I think they produced like a masterpiece as a result. If you like this song, for instance. Love this song. I think you would really like In Rainbows. Give some love to Johnny Greenwood, the lead guitarist of Radiohead. Um, I like this song goes in different directions, and then I love when it chills out here. It's so nice. Hugh described. The Q? Benz. Q. QAnon? <laughs> QAnon. Have they been just dropping Radiohead? <laughs> Wait, is Radiohead Q? They offered really like thoughtful record reviews of indie rock in the 90s before they like, <laughs> set their what focus did, elsewhere. That trajectory is even weirder than Radiohead's. <laughs> Describe the Benz as a, quote, powerful, bruised, majestically desperate record of frighteningly good songs. Well put. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so back to Donahue. First of all, Donahue, no, not exactly to, jump into your defense. No, not at all. Uh, not exactly saying, well, well, Kelsey, I think what my good man is trying to say here is that you could take this um, amazing success in TV and, and go into movies. And by the way, you got the last laugh on some level because uh, Kelsey Grammer made some truly shittiest movies, well, uh, yeah. including Mikhail's Navy uh, during his run after or during Frasier. But uh, on balance, it does feel like he killed a boy for no reason. You, I, I don't want to give him any more. Uh, Did that boy die in Manhattan? Yeah, that was it. Was it a different boy who emerged? Or Rising. are you the ghost of that boy? No, because he wouldn't have like risen from the ashes as a phoenix <laughs> wearing a New York Rangers hat and having all of his imagine, teeth. Imagine being a Rangers fan and dying in a devil's hat. I know, that would have That's been terrible. Tough. But it happened to me. Um, and you went to hell. I could play his answer, which was a bullshit answer. He doesn't even give me the respective answer. I would answer. like to hear his answer. Uh, I, think it's, really? I think we should okay. investigate this fully. <laughs> I think it's fair to everyone involved to hear the entire Yes, thing. my good man. You <laughs> um, I was wondering, are any of you guys planning on so jumping cute. onto the big screen? Oh, the big screen. Well, it's not like you just jump on it. Buried. <laughs> Dead. If it were that easy, I would have done it a long time ago. (laughs) There are certainly plans, you know, we're trying to put that together. uh, David's done quite a few Uh, small parts in big screens. Big, big jump things. (laughs) Oh, another one. Wouldn't turn it down if it... it... Okay, I have a new theory, Bob. And I'm happy you played that because I think, and you might get some satisfaction out of this, Bob. Nope. Impossible. No, I think you hit a bit of a sensitive spot for grammar. I think in his mind, and I bet his agent and manager at the time would attest, he probably thought he had already well gone well beyond the time where he should have been a movie star. Right. And was not getting those opportunities. So when this little pimply faced teenager, this little fucking shit bag (laughs) comes on TV and says, Hey, why aren't you in the movies? Like, when are you going to make the jump to the big screen? What are you waiting for? I think it it touched a nerve and that's why he hit out at you. Even if it was a subtle way, that was part of like his inner rage. Right. And again, for people who weren't born in 1980, this is pre premium TV where there was a dividing line between TV star and movie star. Like you weren't both. It was one or the other. You couldn't go both ways. Right. You cannot go both. Here's just. One of six singles, Bob, from the Benz. This is the fourth single. Just, I think this is, uh, man, I, this to me, this plays like a greatest hits album. This is the most underrated alt rock song of the 90s. Whoa. Whoa. There it is. All right. I like this. I like this. Let's listen to it a little more. This is great fucking guitar work. 
place. It's all there. All that like experimentation that was going to come and yep. the sound turning into something else is kind of. It's all hidden code here. Uh, 2007, Bob, NME placed just at number 34 in its list of the 50 greatest indie anthems ever. So you have a uh, a voice in the chorus with you there. Why do you like this so much? I just think it's, like you said, it's like the precursor to that OK Computer sound. And it's just such a um, just amazing alt-rock song that I think doesn't get the press it deserves. Like This should be on Lithium on Sirius Radio every couple of hours. Right. Instead of playing Paranoid Android or Karma Police for the seven million time, right. throw just in there. I'm with and you. This on sounds that. like nineteen ninety five to me. Like this is a perfect encapsulation of like the grunge and alt and then what's to come all in one. Absolutely. Uh, written by guitarist Johnny Greenwood, Tom York said it was Greenwood trying to get as many chords as he could into a song. Here it comes. having fun um i feel like we have a leader in the clubhouse bob here for the throwback podcast it's a, such a cool fucking song and i love that it's on the same album as fake plastic trees it's like yep. both ends of to me what radiohead does best yeah i i mean i'm i'm still kind of stunned that fake plastic trees was the lead single in the u.s right. like just would have been a perfect lead single coming right off of creep like it sounds like the next song from the band that did creep Totally. All right, here's the next track, My Iron Lung. Another great one. Yeah, it's... What an album. Um, so, yeah, to put a put a bow on it, as you left the studio, where, do you remember, like, kind of where your headspace was at? What did your, was your mom upset with, Don, with Donahue or with Grammar? We don't speak his name in our house anymore. <laughs> uh, no, my mom was not upset but you know I, I probably internalized the pain from that moment yeah until as a teenager does until I went to school and because I had told everybody I was going to this like every I feel like everybody had seen it <laughs> so uh, people were very excited to do the jump onto the big screen it was it's kind of like the most famous Bob quote like it's 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 something that if I have to like if I'm asked to etch something on your tombstone yeah it's like Jumped onto the big screen up in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Please do that. So to put to put a bow in it, Perry Gilpin. Gilpin, yes. Roz. Roz. Was in Flock of Dudes. You cast her. We cast her in Flock. Now was that your wife cast her? We're gonna get real specific. Okay. Yeah. Now that I had nothing to do with this, um, but my wife was involved in the production of uh, Flock of Dudes from a casting perspective. Yeah. You. Didn't hold it against her, obviously. No. Or is it just you're you're an auteur and you were saying, I need the best person in this part and I don't care who she's connected to, it's Perry Gilpin. No, I said, obviously, the only the only people that weren't allowed to be in Flock of Dudes <laughs> were Kelsey Grammer and Jason Biggs. They were the only two people. Not that Kelsey's name ever came up. Did you say Jason Biggs? Yeah, they're the, Jason Biggs was the only person that I said I would Jason not. Jason Biggs catching a stray in a big spot yep. on the throwback. No pod. to Jason Biggs. I'm so with you, but. No to Kelsey Grammer. Uh, not that Kelsey Grammer was ever talked about, but Jason Biggs was, and I said no. Now, you did a bit of stunt casting, and please check out Flock of Dudes. You have to find there's a drive in movie theater in New Zealand. Yep, that's it. It's off a dusty road that cannot be found on a traditional GPS map. Yep. 
But if you track down Flock of Dudes, where can people actually see Flock of Dudes? It's on iTunes or Amazon. You got to pay for it. We're not streaming at the moment. Check it out. Or probably ever again, based on certain things. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. But um, there is a bit of stunt casting late in the film. Uh, a I don't know if I want to give it away. For yeah, people give it away. It. Okay, please. Ray Liotta, the great Ray Liotta of Goodfellas fame and uh, many other movies, has a, a cameo in the movie. Plays a pivotal role. Yep, shoehorned into the movie. <laughs> shoehorned into the movie, <laughs> but you know this is this, this is understandable to get that name brand in there. If Kelsey Grammer was available, would you have cast Kelsey in that spot in Ray Liotta's spot? I actually, now that we're talking about it, his name didn't come up for that spot. <laughs> Because he was, uh, I believe, a UTA client, and you know, I was with UTA at the time. <laughs> that would have been so poetic. It's a great fucking rock song. Yeah. I want to turn it up when it gets to the yes. breakdown right after this. But, uh, but yes, we did get Perry Gilpin, and uh, she was so nice and sweet and loved working with her she was very great to talk to and when we did her ADR where you have to come into the studio and re-record some lines I told her the story if you're frightened you can be frightened you can be it's okay but if you're frightened you can be frightened you can be it's okay. awesome song Ryan right, Gilpin go ahead I told Perry Gilpin the Donahue story. and Like from start to finish? From start to finish, yeah. And she was but did like... did you say it? Did you tell it the way it actually felt inside you? Or did you give like a Cliff's Notes? It didn't mean that much to me, but he kind of had some fun with me as a teenager. No, I let her know that this hurt. <laughs> um, and I remember uh, she was... I mean, obviously she was laughing like, Oh my God, I can't believe that you were there for that. She said that was like a big moment for the cast because that was like, they all flew to New York city together and they were put up at this hotel right by grand central station. And she has like all these memories of that whole Interesting. thing being a Donnie big, it was a big deal. It was a then. big yeah. deal. And that was, she said that was like when she realized how big the show was, was going to go do Donahue. And it was just funny that I was there and that was like my experience. But, um, when I told her <laughs> the story, she did say, she did laugh and she said, yeah, Kelsey could be like that with kids. With kids, yeah. with kids. <laughs> so, so that was. Uh, she kind of gave me that of like, yeah, he could be like that. If you, oh my god, that's so great. Because if it, if you just would have said that <laughs> that Pervy Gilbin, what's her name? Perry Gilbin. Percy, Perry Mason. Perry Gilbin. Not Perry. Gilbin. You say Pervy Gilbin? <laughs> I mean, it's a weird name. If you would have just told me that she said, uh, well, Kelsey could be that way. I would have said like, okay, you know, typical kind of diva celebrity behavior. But <laughs> Kelsey could be that way with kids? What a fucking monster. Monster. <laughs> so he's been doing this enough that he had somewhat of a reputation for being bad to children? I would imagine that way with kids because Perry is a mom. I would imagine that way with kids means he's not good at talking to kids or relating or he's just kind of like a dick to kids. I don't know, but... It, you know what? It, it was it was satisfying, and then she did tell me she said she was going to uh, reach out to Kelsey and tell her that the director of the movie she just did had the story. Oh wow! So I you know I don't know if that ever happened, but there's a chance the entire incident got back to Kelsey in 2014. It'd be funny if seven years later you reach out to Perry Gilpin, Perry Gilpin, Perry Gilpin, and you're like, 
hey, so did you tell Kelsey about that thing? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what? She's on Twitter. I could, we'll, uh, we'll tweet at her from the throwback. Uh, I think it hit the expiration date, but I would love to know uh, if that happened. By the way, My Iron Lung, which was the last song. My Iron Lung. That's kind of a tough thing to say. Yeah, My Iron. My Iron Lung. Uh, that was the first single re- released in the UK. How about that? Okay. Which, again, that would have been a nice choice here, too. Totally, totally. But I don't think Salmon was going to make a big dent in the U.S. regardless. But anyway. I, I mean, it makes sense High and Dry did so well here. Here's Bulletproof uh, Ellipses, I Wish I Was. They really did. If there's one thing that you you did miss as they kind of experimented more and more, is it was very clear that York had decided he didn't want to write these type of songs. Yeah, he wanted to um, make things a little less. I don't know, human maybe is the word. Um, knowing about the subject matter of a lot of things, and then getting political with later albums, things like that. I think writing these kind of more tender things about human relationships and things like that. I don't think that was on his radar for a while. But another reason why for you, Bob, to check out In Rainbows. It is interesting. Comes back to that. Yeah, it is interesting to listen to this now with hindsight, having the benefit of hindsight, because when Travis came out, there was a lot of Coldplay comps. Sure. Because at the time, Radiohead was making the Kid A's and OK Computers. But listening to this now, like the Travis Radiohead, early Radiohead, comps are spot on spot on yeah like this could be Fran Healy good well I guess you did and I love both bands um, but I guess Travis in some way kind of scratch that itch for the people like you Bob yeah for sure like, just give me some trad rock and let's roll give me that sad bastard music yeah this is so good it really does play like a greatest hits yeah. I, I think coming back to this album um, for the first time in a while, I forgot how fucking good it is. Like, I knew it was great. It's the Benz. It's right. basically widely now understood as they put out two classic albums in the 90s, uh, the Benz and OK Computer over a three-year period. Uh, but I, to me, I always thought it was like, okay, OK Computer is the obvious classic and the Benz is, you know, right there. But man, this listening to this is like, do I like the Benz more than OK Computer? Maybe I do. Maybe song for pound for pound. Pound for pound. It's it's better. Uh, I love that. I mean, I think OK Computer. I give it more credit for being more ambitious and kind of landing on that ambition. Right. So if I had to like break a tie, I'd probably do that because it was just much harder to do. I think what they did there. But if like I think it goes back to, again to like what you like about music. If you just like the songs, man, what are the, the best songs? Yeah, you can make a case for the Benz. Yeah, sure. let's do that. I like that. Team Benz. 
Um, not the Benz, though. Oh, I thought we were going to listen to the Benz. No, th- if this was all a, a Trojan horse attempt for you, Bob, to get the Benz on the show, I thought this that's, is the closest you'll ever get. I did think we were going to do the Benz tonight. I thought we agreed oh, on that. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> it would have been a quick podcast because there's only four songs on that EP, but it would have been wonderful. No one even knows what this reference is. No, that's how unimportant that group was. But uh, super group. They come up. Call them a super group. <laughs> What is the opposite of a super? Cool? <laughs> uh, all right, Black Star. Let's listen to the course one more time because. Fuck. All right, we're coming in for a landing now, Bob. It's Let's the do it. penultimate track, Sulk. Sulk, what I did for the next two years following my Kelsey Grammer interaction. Yeah. So and now- what. And what he's probably doing now, when you look at his IMDb, and you see that his last movie was Money Plane. Yes! Which, if you haven't seen the trailer yes. for that one, go watch it on YouTube I right now. I can't wait to watch Money Plane. I, I know, we do have to do that. Uh, check out the trailer. It's, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, but uh, his career has not gone too well. In fact, some of the elements of his personal life, I think, Bob, have not been great. I know, I've rooted for every one of his failures. <laughs> He had a, uh, a wife who they used to go on the Howard Stern show, and she was she's one of those like celebrity wives where it's like you could tell there's something going on here. Is she a real housewife now? I think she I is. Think she and did, it was like yeah. It was starting to become evident even when she would like come on those shows that she was leveraging uh, grammar uh, to earn her own piece of the pie. Um, and then I think she took a shitload of his money in a divorce yeah. shortly thereafter. So, congratulations, Bob. Just like Like, is this... Would this be a top ten Travis song? Like, and I love Travis. Yeah. But Radiohead is on a higher level. For sure. Can't But now that you brought up Fran Healy, I can't stop thinking about how similar his voice is in terms of the register right. that he sings in yeah. So good. This is one of the best albums we've covered on the show. I was thinking the exact same thing because here we are so deep into the album and that's fucking awesome. That's such a great song. That is, yeah, I guess the 11th or 12th track. And, and the, only, the, like... only, the only song I shit on, I was thinking of the Killers song, Bones. Not, <laughs> that's That was my bad. Uh, don't you want to come with me? Don't you want to see, see my, my bones, bones on your bones? It's like nobody was like, hey, Brandon, just one more pass at the lyric. It's only we... natural. Like we have some stuff here musically <laughs> and it's just the lyric is maybe the not bones landing. Thing. The, the could... bones thing isn't really hitting. Uh, it's only natural. <laughs> Feel your bones on my bones. Like, you know, that doesn't even really make sense. One more pass. 
Well, you know what I'm going to say, though? I fucking love a record that goes out. Oh, yeah. Contemplative, chill vibe. And this is, if, like, if you had to invent a song that qualified like that. Street Spirit, open parenthetical, fade out, close parenthetical. Yes. Research tells me, first of all, it was the fifth single and it charted higher than any single to that point. Number five on the UK singles chart, which is interesting. Whoa. Covered by Peter Gabriel. And I don't want to say who it is, Bob. I'm just going to play it. Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> it's not like you just jump to the big screen. Baby, it's not like it begins. It's just... Kelsey Grammer was bad with kids. So he was just like mean to kids. Like, uh, so who, who? What a great satisfying ending to this whole thing. I, I've never heard of that. All right, here we go, Bob. Tell me if you know uh, who the artist is. Someone we've covered on the show. The Darkness? Correct. Wow. You like that I got that immediately? Yeah, it was pretty good. I just can't give Justin Hawkins the last word on this album. I guess that's fair, but goddamn, if they decided to just be like, do like what Rod Stewart does in his late years and just be like a covers artist and just cover classics, which that they very may very well be doing that. Actually, I'd right be now. all no in on paying that. attention. <laughs> all right, um, there you go. Street Spirit fade out. A perfect ending to a perfect album. I really think, Bob. Yeah. If you had to break it down, and we've done over these 125 some odd episodes. Some of the greatest albums of our lifetime. Uh, it's got to be in the conversation. For sure. I agree. I wasn't planning on agreeing, but I agree. And now maybe, Bob, you'll give them the chance to grow artistically instead of writing them off. stopped them. Like I a never, Devils fan. I never told Tom York to stop reaching for the stars. <laughs> All right. I'm going to play Bones in the background here because I thought I got short shrift before. The Killer's Bones? Not the Killer's Bones. Good call. Because that song makes no fucking sense. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's uh, do it. 
do our business, Bob, before we get to the playlist. Yeah, before we pick a song that goes on our throwback podcast playlist, like we've done 120 some odd times before, we have to thank the people that make this podcast possible on patreon.com slash throwback. It's not even reading off on a script. This is just all up there. The big old brain. Still here after all this time off. I still remember what to say. Still got it. Thank you to everyone kicking in $2 a month. Look at this jump. Don't, don't. $6 a month to uh, vote in polls like this one. You struck a nerve, Bob. We did the Benz because. You won. We did the Benz because the Benz won a poll against Oasis's the, the Master Plan. Awesome. The Patreonies voted for the Benz, so we did the Benz. Thank you to everybody on patreon.com slash throwback pod. If you want to be a part of it, just head on over there and uh, help out some guys building a new garage. Um, thank you to our top tier sponsors, Courtney and Wyatt. Bruno, the sponsor up there in Canada. Oh, yeah. Where the fuck is Bruno? And of course, uh, he's finding a cure for everything. And of course, uh, Kleine and Mansi down there in Oz. Uh, you guys are the best. Thank you for keeping this up. Like Bruno's going to come out of his log cabin in 15 years and be like, I found the cure to COVID-19. It's like, <laughs> dude, you, all you had to do was like, go on the internet. <laughs> we We're all this, set there. Got this covered, bro. There's a different uh, plague now killing us all. <laughs> yeah. Get back to work. He's working on creating the next plague. So thank you to everybody. Patreon.com slash throwback pod. Yeah. It's good to be back, Bob. It it's, is good to be uh, back. It's it's fun and um, and I think for the uh, addition to the throwback podcast playlist, um, and I'm trying to think what the last episode we did was the Oasis episode. Okay, so we're coming off of uh, we're so British acquiesce. Okay, so um, you can really you can't really go wrong there. But I think uh, I think Bob that uh, just felt like a song that we. Both loved. Love immediately. it. Let's get it out there more. More people need to respect. Put some respect on just... What did you call it again? One of the most underrated... Alt rock songs of the 90s. All right. So, I mean, that sounds like something that belongs on our playlist. So there it is. Just off the bends by Radiohead. The latest addition to the Throwback Podcast playlist, which you can find really wherever you get your streaming music, Bob. You can find that wherever you stream. Except. You know what? Except on Tidal. Except on Tidal. You can't find it on Tidal. You can find it wherever you stream. And you can't find Kelsey Grammer on the big screen. Oh! But Kelsey Navy did not do it. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks. At ThrowbackPod on Twitter. At ThrowbackPod on Instagram. And give us five stars on iTunes. Thanks for sticking with us. Go back and say